I want to kind of piggyback off this week of being in Thanksgiving. And uh, I got a thought this week that I think is really important. You know, there's things that we shouldn't wait for. Amen? How many know that's the truth? How many know when you're driving on the road and you're about to stop at a stop sign and you hear, you should get your brakes fixed. Right? I see people pointing around here. Because if you don't fix it, you're going to ruin your rotor, and then your rotor's going to go to the net, and it's going to get worse, right? How many know if you uh, have a baby with a dirty diaper, you should not wait to change it? Amen. Should be quick. Amen. We get that around here sometimes. We've got lots of babies. The other day I was walking by, and uh, it wasn't my baby, but someone else was holding it, and I didn't say nothing, but I thought they need to get that thing changed because it's really bad. They weren't, sometimes you can't smell it. It was right in front of you. How many know if you're bleeding really bad, you should go to the hospital? Like, I'm not talking about a cut, but if you're, like, hemorrhaging or bleeding, like, really bad out and can't stop it, you need to go to the hospital. Shouldn't wait for that. Amen? There are things that you should not wait for in life. Amen? And I want, I want to talk about that this morning. Don't wait. Okay? But I want to get a little more deeper than that. And I, I, my thought was, if you'll follow me on this, is thinking about Thanksgiving. How many know it's not right to wait till Thanksgiving to be thankful? A lot of people on, on Thanksgiving Day, they woke up and they, they oh, you know what, it's Thanksgiving. I better find something to be thankful for. And then you get around the table and you start thanking God for the food and you see your family. I'm going to be thankful for my family that's here. And all of a sudden, it's because it's Thanksgiving, you have to be thankful. It's good to be thankful all the time. Don't wait till Thanksgiving to be thankful. How about being thankful in July? Amen. How about being thankful in February? How about being thankful all year long because we have many blessings to be thankful for? Amen. So I want to talk this morning about don't wait. You'll see what I'm talking about in just a moment. But I want to start in Colossians chapter 4. You can write that down in your notes if you want. Verse 5 says, walk, this is the New King James Version, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Okay, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Anybody outside of you, okay? We need, to, we need to be conscious of the people that are around us. Now, I want to look at it in the New Living Translation. I like how this breaks it down a little bit more. And I like that second word, first and second word, live wisely. How many want to live wisely this morning? Living wisely is important. And when you begin to think about don't wait, that's going to kind of tie in with live wisely, okay? If you, if you don't leave with anything else this morning, leave with those four, four words, don't wait and live wisely. Now, how many know there are some things we should wait for? Like I was talking to my wife, you should wait for them to give you instructions on how to use the parachute before you jump out the plane, right? There are some things you should wait for. I could go on a long list of that. And there's a balance there. We know that the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So there, there's, I could preach a whole other message about wait. And I have preached on wait before. But this is a don't wait message. And you'll see why this morning when we get done. So he says, live wisely among those who are not believers. And I really want you to focus on this part and make the most of every opportunity. Father, I ask you to anoint our ears this morning and anoint our hearts this morning. Thank you for bringing us in here safely on this Thanksgiving weekend. Lord, we pray for those that are still traveling, those that are out of town. We pray for those that are sick this morning. And we thank you for those that are here. 
in this place that came to get a message that will transform them and change their lives. This is, this is our spiritual food this morning. We ask that you'd bless it and you'd use it for your glory. We come against every demonic force of darkness that would try to hinder the word from being preached this morning. And we ask that fruit would come out of this and nobody would leave the same way they came in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we want to talk about not waiting this morning. I want to go to John chapter 20, and we're going to read a few verses here. We're going to stay right there for the rest of the service, and I want to show you something about Peter. How many love Peter from the Bible? Now, this is a message. We're going to start in verse 1 of John chapter 20 that I could easily preach on Easter. I could preach this on Easter because it talks about the empty tomb, but I don't want it to be an Easter message. I want to focus on something else. I want to talk about Peter, and I want us to put ourselves in the shoes of Peter this morning. Now, we know Peter did a lot of good things. We, we know biblically, studying the Bible, that Peter was really, without saying it, Jesus' right-hand man. We know that he was zealous. We know he was uh, a, a very good man. We know he did a lot of good things. But he also did some things. He made some mistakes that we can learn from. And so I want to start off in verse 1 of chapter 20. And we're going to read here. Stay with me on this story. It'll make sense by the time we get done. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early. And while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Now, just to give you a quick background on this to make sure we understand where we're going with this. All three years that Jesus ministered with his disciples, he told them over and over again, I'm going to die. He told them over and over again, I'm going to lay my life down. He told them over and over again, I've got to be given into the hands of man. He was prophesying and telling them over and over what he was going to do for them. But how many know that just like them and us, we're all dumb disciples sometimes, amen? We, we don't get it, and they didn't get it, and they, they were hearing it, but they weren't getting it. And they kept listening to these words being spoken by, by Jesus, and, and it was just going in one ear and one out the other which is crazy, right? Because that was actually physically with Jesus. And so now Jesus has done exactly what he said he would do. He died. He went to the cross. He said it's finished. He's laid in the tomb. The three days have passed. Everything's happening exactly like Jesus said it was going to happen. But the problem is, is that is Mary and the disciples don't believe. Okay, they don't believe. So they go to the tomb. Now watch this. Just follow this with me. Verse 2, she ran and came to Simon Peter. And to the other disciple, that other disciple is John, he's the one writing this book, whom Jesus loved and said to them, watch this, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Notice she did not say, we do not know where he is. If she would have said, the Lord is not in the tomb, just like we knew he wasn't going to be, but I haven't seen him yet, I'm looking for him. See the difference in the verbiage? She did not say that. She didn't say, hey, he's gone, just like he said he was going to be. She said, he's not there, and we don't know where they have laid him, meaning that she believed he was still dead, that they had taken his body. And so even though she walked with him, even though she was a believer, and she still didn't believe. Like Brian said at the offering, you can be in church, you can be raised in church and, and not believe. That's why our faith is a constant test to make sure we believe what we say we believe. Can I get a better amen there? So she goes and tells him that this, verse 3, Peter says, Therefore he went out and the other disciple, and they were going to go to the tomb. They were going to go check this thing out. They were going to go see what was happening in this story of what she said. Where's the body then? And this is an interesting part. 
can take it a different way and preach a whole message on it, but it's a cool part. They both ran together. So there was an excitement there, but you know, sometimes you can be expecting something and be excited for something, but not really believe it's going to happen. So they're running, and it says, and the other disciple outran Peter. Now, how many know John wrote the book, and he's the other, other one, and he just throws that in there real quick that I beat him, and by the way, I was faster. And came to the tomb first. And we're going to see here in a second, though, that John really was faster, not just in his running. Verse, four, verse five, uh, 5, and he's stooping down, and looking in, he sees the linen cloths lying there, and he did not go in. Then Simon Peter, following him, went into the tomb, and he saw the clothes and the, lin- and the linens lying there. The handkerchief that had been around the head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. How many know at an Easter message, that's a, great, that's a great place to stop right there, right? How he proves that he was gone. But they, they didn't know that at the time. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first, that's John, went in also Watch this, and look at the end of this verse, verse 8. And he saw, and say it with me, believed. He saw and believed. So here we see John making a statement of faith, and he believes before he sees. Don't wait this morning to believe in Jesus until you see him do something. Don't wait to believe in Jesus until you, everything falls into place. Don't wait this morning to lift your hands and praise God until your favorite song comes on, somebody. Amen. Don't wait until all the things have lined up and fallen together the way you want them to be, to be used by God. Don't wait. Get it together now. Begin to get ahead of the thing. Be the one who shows up first and believes. How many want to be the first in heaven? I know the Bible says the last shall be first and the first shall be last, but it's good to be first. It's good to get there ahead and be waiting and not be the one they're waiting on. Can you say amen? So I want you to think about this. Here's another thing. Christmas is coming up next month. We're about a month away. Don't wait till Christmas to be a giver. Be a giver all year long. Don't wait till it gets in the Christmas season to all of a sudden have a spirit of giving. We should have a spirit of giving all year long. How about July? How about August? How about a week after Christmas? Are we still in a giving spirit a week after? Don't wait till Christmas comes around to to be that way. As we're seeing here in this story, don't wait till Easter to put your faith in the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. I'm in November, and I believe Jesus rose from the dead. Does anybody else in here believe Jesus rose from the dead and conquered death? Amen? Come on. Y'all believe that this morning? Don't wait until somebody else shows you or proves something to you. Be the one who believes first. I want you to think about some things as we continue to read here in John 20. So we see this unbelief by Peter. And it says that he believed first right there. Let's read 9 and 10. For as they did not know the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead, then the disciples went away again to their homes. I could throw in there, don't wait to get an understanding of the Bible until it's too late. We gotta, we gotta do stuff today. In, in our human nature, we're really good at putting things off. We're, we're, there's a word called procrastination, and all of us have some of it in, in it, of it in us. In us, we put things off, and we procrastinate. Here we are looking at these disciples, and and if you don't get anything else out of this message this morning, get this: it's good to learn from other people. Okay, it's good to learn from other people. We can learn from other people's mistakes. 
I, I, I kind of mentioned this at the end of the first service. I'm going to mention it at the beginning here. I remember when I first got saved in the first year probably, I specifically, and you know, there's a lot of things that you don't remember in life, but there's a few things that are really vivid in my spirit and in my life, and there's things that you remember back that are very important. And I remember God, through the Holy Spirit, very specifically speaking to me something when I got saved. And it was very clear. And I'm not going to say I've been perfect on this, but I believe in general as a whole, I have stayed true to this word that God gave me. And he told me when I first got saved, he said, if you will watch what others do around you and learn from them, learn from their mistakes, I'm going to place things, he told me, I'm going to place things in front of you. I'm going to place situations in front of you. I'm going to place people in front of you. I'm going to place uh, errors and mistakes in front of you. And if you'll learn from them, you won't have to go through them yourself. It was as clear as a bell that he spoke that to me. And I remember that. And I, how many know when, when God speaks something like that, you say, you know what? I think that's some good, good wisdom to listen to. And so I've tried over the years to make sure that when I see something happen in front of me, and there's been many examples. For example, uh, the, my very first pastor, not the church that I was saved in, but once Carl and I got back to Arizona after getting, uh, getting married, we were at a church that we had, I had gotten saved in in that revival, but then the Lord called us to an inner city church on the, on the, on the 10th Avenue projects of Tucson, Arizona called Inner City Harvesters Church. And in that church where I was, that's where I really learned a lot about having a heart for the lost and outreach. And so the Lord showed me in that first beginning build, first church that I was in, he, he taught me a lot, but he showed me this pastor that I was with that I, to, to this day, very highly respect. We don't really talk much. Actually, we haven't talked much over the years, but I respect him to this day. He taught me a lot, but I learned some things from him that were, God said, see that? That's what I don't want you to be. And one of the things that he has had as a fault was his personality. He was a soul winner. He loved souls. He loved to, to witness. He was a good preacher. My wife knows him very well. Um, he, he, was a, he, had a, he had a vision, and he, he was, man, he was good at doing outreaches. He, he taught me how to organize outreaches and do outreaches, but he was a grouch. He was a grouch. He really was, and I say that with all respect. He was a grouch. He would walk in and just mumble at you as he walked by, and, he, and, 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 and some days he was a little bit better than others, but he was a grouch, and God, and God said, don't be like that. Don't be like that with people. Come on. So I, all the good there I learned from, but I also learned from the bad, and that was one of the first things the Holy Spirit spoke to me is he said, don't be a grouch to people. Be in good, be in a good, be, have a good attitude with people. Be nice to people. Treat people nicely. And so I learned from that. And so I, 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 made, I made a decision to start to heed to the voice of the Holy Spirit that goes back to that Colossians verse that says, live wisely with all the people who are around you. And, and so I, I, this is something I want you to realize. I believe as I speak this morning, God's going to speak something to you. He'll speak an area of your life that you could be uh, better at, that you could not wait to fix, that you could not wait to deal with. So as we continue to read here, we see in the Bible, we're, we're picking up here, uh, that, that they went to the tomb, and one believed and one didn't. And then uh, later on, we're going to look down at verse 19, if you would. We're going to scoot over to verse 19. And the Bible says that Jesus shows up the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled because of the fear of the Jews. 
Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed his hands and his side, and then his disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So all of a sudden, now that they've physically seen him, they believe. One of the most powerful verses in the Bible is when Jesus said, Blessed are they who will believe in me who have not seen me. Don't ever forget that we have a greater faith than the disciples. If you believe in Jesus Christ this morning, your faith is greater than Peter's. You know, sometimes we think, man, if I had his faith, man, if I could do great things, if I had that much faith, guess what? According to what we're talking about right now, you have more faith. Are you all here? Because you believe and have not, has anybody in here physically touched Jesus' hands? No. Nobody in here has physically touched his side. Nobody has seen them with physical eyes. I'm not talking about a vision or a dream. We have not seen him. We have not touched him, yet we believe. They saw him, and then they believed. But John, he believed before he saw. He didn't wait to have to see Jesus to believe. He got ahead of the game. He was ahead of the situation. You know, we shouldn't wait till Mother's Day to appreciate our mothers. We shouldn't wait till that day and say, you know what, I think I'm going to send my mom a card. She's been so good to me. She brought me into this world. Thank you, Mom, on Mother's Day. How many know Mom's expected on Mother's Day? Don't get quiet on me here. Father's Day, same thing. We just shouldn't wait till Father's Day to, to thank God that God brought us into this world. You might not have a great mother or father, but guess what? The Bible didn't say love your mother and father and honor them if they're good to you. He just said honor them. But then isn't it funny how if we don't have a good relationship or not, once they're gone, all of a sudden we miss them. Don't wait till they're gone to miss them. Don't wait till, they're, till, till Father's Day to think about them. Don't wait till Mother's Day to tell your mother you love her. Do it, in, do it on an off day. Do it on a day when they're not expecting it. Amen. Don't wait till Veterans Day to recognize a veteran. How about we do that in February? How about we do that in July? We're walking into a place, you see someone who has a veteran hat on or, or they're serving or they're, they've, they've been in, the, in, in some kind of armed force. Thank them for their service. Don't wait till Veterans Day. Don't wait. Tell somebody next to you, don't wait. Amen. So we see here that that they're, they're believing now that they have seen him, but they didn't believe before. So Jesus breathes into him, and then the next thing that happens in the verse that I don't want to go into this morning is where Thomas comes in, doubting Thomas. He sees and believes. But I want to pick up in chapter 21 and begin to show you something here that I want you to see. Verse 1 of chapter 21. We're going to stay right here in 20 and 21. Give me an amen when you get there. After these things... Jesus showed himself to, again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples were together. Now watch this. Simon says to them, I am going fishing. I am going fishing. Now, there's nothing wrong with fishing except the fact that what did Jesus say to Peter? He said, you, you, you are a fisherman, or a fisherman, but I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Does anybody remember that? So he was no longer a fisherman. He was a fisher of men. But as soon as Jesus died, 
He did not believe Jesus' words, and he went back to his old ways. He went back to his old job. He went back to the way things used to be. Instead of, listen, instead of wait, not waiting, he waited. Don't wait here in this situation. Don't wait to preach the gospel if God's told you to preach. Don't wait to witness to somebody if he's telling you to open your mouth. Don't wait to pray with somebody if he's telling you to pray with somebody. Is anybody alive in this place this morning? Don't wait because God wants to do something through you, but if you wait, you're going to miss out. Don't wait. When you wait, someone's going to miss heaven because of it. And so Peter, instead of, instead of remembering what Jesus said and knowing the great commission, because he didn't have to wait till Jesus ascended to say, I'm sending you into all the world to preach the gospel. He already knew he was supposed to go re- preach the gospel. But what was he doing? Something else. He went back to fishing. He was fishing. He, 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 was, he was going back to do what he wanted, not what God wanted. So he says, I'm going fishing. And he's, then those with him said, we're going with you also. And they went out and got in the boat. So here's the thing. When I'm not doing the right thing, someone might follow me and not do the right thing. I don't want to be the person that's followed doing the wrong thing. I want to be the person that's followed doing the right thing. I get, thank you for those other two people that want to do that. I think that sounds pretty good. I want to be the one who leads. I want to be the one who doesn't wait for, to be told to do something. Wait to, to be told this is, there's a need. I want to be ahead, a step ahead. And God will help us be a step ahead. That's what that verse in Colossians is, tells us. Live wisely that around, with the unbelievers around us. We can be ahead of, of things. You know, this morning I'm thinking about this too. Spouses, men and women, don't wait till your anniversary to tell your spouse you love them. Oh, I knew it got quiet in the 9 o'clock service for some reason, too. I guess we need to do a marriage session. Wow. Not one amen, not one man, not one woman. I think I got one in the first service. Wow. Okay, Holy Spirit. Don't wait till your anniversary. Don't say it now, by the way. It's too late. Don't wait till your anniversary to send a card. Don't wait till your anniversary to send flowers. Don't wait till your anniversary to tell them you love them. That's, that's expected. How about doing it on the day when, when you don't feel like loving them? How about sending them a little note? You can say, I love you. You don't have to say, I don't feel like loving you, but you say, I love you. You don't have to tell the whole thing, but you, how about a just because? How about sending some flowers or buying a gift just because? You know, my birthday's in January, 21st, by the way. And uh, I, I love to get gifts. When they're not my birthday, isn't it better when you get a gift that's not your birthday? You know, it was just Pastor Appreciation Day. You guys were so awesome to us. That was awesome. But how many know when you get a gift on a day that you're not expecting it, that's a gift? That's when it's special. When it's like March 13th and you're looking at the calendar and you're thinking, it's not my birthday. It's not Valentine's Day. It's not Easter. It's not Christmas. It's not Thanksgiving. What is this for? And they say, just because. Don't wait. Don't wait till you feel romantic to do something romantic. Wow. Okay, we're going to be having a marriage session real soon, okay? Amen. Don't wait to do what's right till it feels right. Don't wait. Don't put those things off. Amen. We got to be ahead of the game. I'm going to show you what Peter did. You'll catch this at the end. Peter waited. 
Some of you say, no, he didn't, man. Peter's one of the, Peter's, uh, man, he's amazing. He's all over the Bible. Peter waited when he shouldn't have waited. And we see here in this picking up here that he's all fishing. He's, he's doing his thing. And now Jesus comes along, and now some other disciples are following him, and they're fishing. And I want you to catch something right here in this verse, verse 3. Look at the end of it. They went out immediately, got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. When you're not doing what you're supposed to do and you're in the place you're not supposed to be, you're not going to have God's provision. You're going to get nothing. They got nothing. Why did they get nothing? Because he wasn't supposed to be there. That's not what he was supposed to be doing. And so we see that when we're walking out of God's will and we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, then we're going to miss out. So follow on verse 4. But, but when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore, and the disciples, look at this, yet did not know that it was Jesus. They still didn't know. And Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? And they answered him, no. Now how many know Jesus knew that they didn't have no food? It's kind of like when somebody asks you what you've done or what you haven't done, and you know the question is rhetorical. You know they know the answer. And either way, you're going to be wrong, however you answer it. Children, do you have any food? No. No, Jesus. Although they still hadn't quite caught that it was Jesus. No. He says to them, watch this. Cast the net, watch this, on the right side of the boat. I don't think it was an accident that it was on the right side. There's something about doing right. When you do it the right way, then things begin to go right. Cast the net on the right side, he says, and you will find some. So they cast, and they were not able to draw it because of the multitude of fish. When you're doing the right thing, God's going to bless you. Amen. And then watch, now, therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter. So again, John recognizes Jesus again. He recognized him at the, he, that he had risen from the dead first. And now he, reckoned, he says, this is the Lord. He says that to Peter. And when Simon Peter heard that it was, for, that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. So basically, he waited too long to recognize. You know, it's like when you go, oh, yeah, I knew that. And you hear somebody say something, and you're like, dude, I told you that 20 minutes ago. Right? You ever done that? Someone repeats what you said, and you're like, I just said that. But you don't care because you just, they look foolish anyways, right? How many are with me? He's like, oh, Jesus. And he runs out there, and John's probably like, thinking inside. Okay, go ahead and keep doing you're, you're the one that always runs out. You're the one that cuts people's ears off. You're the one that acts. You're the one that just, just talks before you think. That's what John's thinking. So he jumps out and goes to see Jesus. Then it says the other disciples came in in a little while from the boat, for they were not far, verse 8, dragging the net with fish. So all of a sudden, this is, I didn't mention this in the first, it was kind of funny to me. He gets the revelation finally. And then he doesn't even finish what he's supposed to be doing, right? All of a sudden, he's super spiritual, and he gets, a oh, it's Jesus, and he just leaves everything. And the other guys that are doing the right thing, they got to pick up the fish, and they bring it in. Verse 9, then, as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, laid fish on it, they ate bread, 
and they ate with Jesus. Now, I'm not done yet. We're going to close around 15 if you'll go there. I want you to think about a few more things this morning. We see here in verse 15, I'm not going to read the whole thing at this moment, but this is where now Jesus has recognized, sorry, Peter has recognized Jesus now. But it was too late. Now follow me on this. How many know it's never too late? Okay. God's grace is amazing. But I want you to listen to this. You can miss out on everything God has for you. You can miss out on everything God has for you. How many know God has a lot for us? A lot. A lot more than we think he does. And he has a plan that's perfect. He has a, he has a purpose for us. And he has a, a good, didn't, doesn't Jeremiah 29, 11 say he's got a good purpose for us? A good life for us? A good expectancy for us? Thoughts of peace? Thoughts of an expect, a future and a hope? So that's God's thoughts for us. That's, that was God's thoughts for, for Peter. But Peter missed it because he got the revelation late because he waited. Because he waited. Don't wait. Don't wait. And, and the Holy Spirit will speak whatever that's supposed to mean to you this morning. Don't wait. You've been waiting. Don't wait anymore. And I'm not talking about things you should wait for. I'm talking about things that the Holy Spirit's saying you. Don't wait. Go take care of that. Don't wait. Go fix that. For example, in this verse, he says to, Jesus, to Peter, he comes and restores him. How many remember when he denied Jesus three times? He comes and restores him three times. He says when they'd eaten breakfast, verse 15, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? What a great lead-in this morning to that song. I love you more than life. Do you love Jesus more than life? That's a question you have to ask yourself. He says, Peter, do you love me more than these? He says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then Peter, then Jesus says, feed my lambs. You know what he's saying when he says that? Do what you were supposed to be doing. Do what you were supposed to be doing. How many are following me? He shouldn't have waited. And then he goes on to say it again. And another thing I have written down here uh, in my thoughts this week was, don't wait till you're backslidden to repent. Don't wait till you've lost your marriage to repent. Don't wait till you've lost things. Why, why do we have to be so hard-headed and lose things and, and lose and lose and lose and miss out and have loss and have loss until we get understanding that we could we could we could have saved that. We could have saved that. Amen. Don't wait to pick up the spoiled milk. Amen. How many know that's a good thing to pick up fast? Don't wait to pick up the rotten egg. That's sin in our lives. If you wait, it's going to stink and it's going to turn bad. It's going to get bad. You've got to deal with it right now. Don't wait. Peter did He waited. He waited to deal with what the Holy Spirit was dealing with him on. He waited and it caused him trouble. Don't wait, listen, church, till someone's funeral to recognize how important they were in your life. Or how many funerals I've done over my life where I've sat and watched people's eyes and face, and I can read their eyes and face, I wish I would have said, done, been there, called, gone, visited. Come on. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait till it's too late. 
Don't wait till it's, too, till, till it's over. Or in this case this morning, what I'm really wanting you to see, don't wait till you miss out on what God has for you. Everything God has for you. We know he's a restorer. We know, you know that, that, that there, there's been on uh, 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 social media this week several times, that 99, the one, Jesse mentioned it. That's a great example, but I want to flip it around. I want to flip it around. We know that Jesus would leave the 99 to go after the one. But how about having an attitude that I don't want to be the one he has to go after? Let's flip it around sometimes. Thank God he'll go after the one. But I don't want to have to be the one. I want to be doing the right thing so that he can go after the others that he needs to go after. How about, how about we have that attitude sometimes? That's called prevention. That's a good one. An ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. Let's prevent. Let's listen to the Holy Spirit. Let's don't wait when we're supposed to fix something. If you don't fix your brakes, you're going to pay for it later. There's no way around it. It's going to get worse. You don't fix something that's broke, a pipe, or something in the house. It's, gonna, it's the same thing with us. If you don't fix what's in your body, it's going to break. Everything runs the same. Listen to this. I'm closing with these few thoughts. Don't wait till someone hates you to make things right. Till they're bitter, till they're angry, till they can't stand you. Don't wait to make it right. Make it right. Now watch this. I want to show you this. We see the three confirmations here in the scriptures without taking time for reading them. Three times Jesus was denied by Peter. Three times he said the same thing. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. In other words, do you love me? Do what you said you would do. Do what you know you're supposed to do. How many know we know what we're supposed to do? I don't know what to do. Yeah, you do. It's right here. Yeah, it's right here. It's in the Word. It's in the Scriptures. Three times he does it. Now watch this. This is, this is interesting. I want you to look at 18. Most assuredly, Jesus says, I say to you, after three times being confirmed, when you were younger, do you have that, Joely? You girded yourself, John 21, 18, and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Now, this is a... A very powerful verse. I'm not making this a doctrine. I'm not saying this is the case. But what if that was not the plan Jesus had for Peter? What if he said that because he waited? Y'all with me? He's saying here, now you're going to, now I'm not saying that Peter wasn't going to have to die a a, a tough death. He wasn't going to have to die a martyr. But did you know there was another one that didn't die? He didn't die. You ever, you ever, you ever, it doesn't mean bad things can't happen to good people. It doesn't mean all those things. It doesn't mean the rain doesn't fall on the just and the unjust. I get that. But th- there's also things we cause ourselves because we wait. We wait, we wait, we wait. Example, just a simple, going back to it again. If you wait to fix your brakes till your rotor's gone, the brakes would have been 50. Now the rotor's 200. It's just that thing where if I put it off and put it off and put it off, it's going to cause more damage somewhere else. And then, well, I don't have the money to fix my brakes. I don't have the money for a rotor. You had the money for the brakes if you'd have fixed them when they started making a noise. I'm just giving an example. We always have the opportunity of the Holy Spirit to begin to deal with something before it gets worse. 
We, we have a chance to say, Holy Spirit, I see you dealing with me on this situation. Or maybe it's just as simple as me just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to preach. I'm supposed to go. I'm supposed to, you know, lots of opportunities will come and knock. Put that last uh, re, 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 uh, NLT up of the Colossians 4, please. Look at that last part again. Making the most of every opportunity. Making the most of every opportunity. Opportunities. Now, now, when it says make the most, that doesn't mean you take every opportunity. It means we learn how to discern what's an opportunity of God and what's not. I can tell you in my personal life over the years, over the last 25 years, and my wife is a witness, I have had tons and tons of opportunities to do other things than preach the gospel. Businesses, business opportunities, job opportunities. Sometimes it blows me away that people around me so close want me to do so much other things that's not what I'm called to do. Blows me away. It's funny. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you let me do what I'm supposed to do? I'm called to preach. It's just funny how everybody wants me to be doing something else. And I could do that and make money, make lots more money than I make now. Lots of business. Am I hunting honey in my line? How many times, a lots, have I turned down businesses? Right? I have a business mind, but that's not what God called me to do. So we have to be careful with the opportunities because they're not always God's opportunities. Sometimes they're opportunities to take us off. Peter's like, man, I got to go back and make some money. I got to go back and fish. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? He should have been preaching. Now, not everybody in here is called to be a preacher from a pulpit. We're all called to be preachers. Not everybody's called to be in full-time ministry, but we're all called to minister. But when it comes to the opportunities and God is telling you, do it, do it. Don't wait. Because if you wait, maybe you miss the opportunity God has for you. Maybe you open up a door for something that's going to now bring a result in your life that did not have to come. I'm not saying again that that, that would have totally changed with Peter. I'm just telling you that what if? How many times can we look in our life and look back and say, what if I would have listened to that person that told me? What if I would have, you know, I think about my daughters and how they're serving the Lord. And I thank God for that to this day. I, I can't predict the future. I can't promise. We have pastor friends whose daughters have left the Lord. We have people in this church whose kids have left the Lord. We have people, that happens. But to this day, I thank God that my daughters are serving alongside of us. It's a blessing and a miracle. But many years ago, my pastor said, spend time with your daughters. I learned. I listened. That was another lesson. I saw people around me losing their families in the ministry, doing great things for God, but their kids hated them. Are y'all listening? Their kids hated them. They had, I mean, I, I, I could name off names. I just saw one at Chick-fil-A last week. Big ministry. Huge ministry. Go out and win the world and lose their kids. That's, that's not what God's trying to do. He wants us to have things in order. So I listened to my pastor. I was in a, in a situation many years ago where I saw a pastor that I was an assistant pastor to have an affair. For two, I didn't know it was going on, but then I found out. What did I do from that? I learned. 20-something years ago, I had a man tell me, don't ever be alone with women. Don't ever be alone with women. Don't get in a car with women. 
don't counsel women alone and, and I'll keep you. That was the word from the Lord. And people know how I am about that. I will not be alone with a woman because I've listened. How I many know it's hard to get in trouble if you're not alone? Those are things that, that over the years, now listen, I could fail today. I could, I could stop listening. I could stop making the, 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 the opportunities right. I could, that's, that could be my choice. But till this day, I've tried my best to listen to those lessons God's, because he told me, if you'll watch what I put around you, I'll keep you from it. I believe he'll do that with all of us. He says, Peter, Peter, he didn't say it in these words, Peter, if you just would have gone and done what I told you to do. But, but then things change. Now, maybe that was his course. Maybe that's how it was going to end up. I don't know. I'm just trying to get you to think. Don't live your life in regret. Don't be at a funeral wishing you would have said something. Don't wait till eternity to make Jesus your Lord. Amen? Don't wait till eternity. Because the Bible says every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. So everybody's going to eventually confess Christ. Don't wait till you're standing before him as a judge. Do it now. Do it today. Do it every day. You know you can renew your vows every day. Lord, I just want to make sure you know this morning on uh, January 31st, uh, this is not a special day, but I just want to make sure you know I just love you and I believe in you and I want to spend eternity with you. I just want to reaffirm that we're good. I love you. I don't have to be Christmas, don't have to be Easter, don't have to be some special communion service. I just want to tell you, I got in the shower the other day and I said, Lord, thank you for water. I know it sounds foolish. Thank you for water running from this shower head. I don't have to go to, I don't have to go to another country to th- th- be thankful for water. Get that spirit. Appreciation and gratefulness will take you so far in life. Appreciation and gratefulness. Don't be that person that has to lose a leg to be thankful for the legs you had. Amen. Don't be that person. Be thankful. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. And the last thing I want you to think of as I close this morning is don't wait till you're gone to make a difference. Wait till you're gone. Don't wait till you're, you breathe your last breath to, to make a difference. Don't, don't let your funeral be your greatest moment where they talk about, oh, this and that. Be, be, let it be a celebration. Let your funeral be a celebration of what you did while you were alive. Now, I hope lots of people get saved at my funeral, but I want to do damage while I'm alive. I want, the, I want the demons of darkness to rejoice when I die. Amen. I want them to be uh, happy that I've passed away. How many want the devil to be happy when you pass away? Because you've been doing so much damage to the kingdom of God. Amen. That's the kind of life God wants us to live. Don't wait till 2018 to make some resolutions. Do it today. Don't wait to make that phone call. Some of you have been to just pick it up and look at it. You dial, you're about to hit send, put it back down, don't wait. Do it. Call that person. Do, do whatever it is the Holy Spirit. I don't know what he's telling you to do. I don't, I don't know what he's dealing with you about, but I do know if you'll deal with it right now, it'll be better than picking up the pieces, picking up the broken pieces. Father, thank you for your word this morning. I pray that it has come out the way you wanted it to come out. I pray that it has ministered to some people this morning. I pray that it has...
touched some people, caused us to, to have that spirit of anticipation, Father, and the spirit of, of urgency, God, that we can't wait to fix some things. We can't wait to get some things right. Lord, don't, don't let us be people who wait till something's broke to fix it. Prevention, prevention, prevention. Help us listen to wise counsel. Live wisely, that Bible says, that verse says in Colossians 4, 5. Live wisely with the unbelievers around us. Making good of every opportunity that's given to us. Lord, you're the, you're the God that can take lemons and make lemonade out of it. You're the God that goes after that one and leaves the 99. But God, help me to be the one that doesn't need to come after. Help me to be manning my station. Help me to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Help me not to wait till it's broke to get it fixed. Till it's too far gone. Till too much damage has done, been done. Help me listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit this morning, Father. And be obedient to you. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed across this place, you heard Brian at, at the offering. You can be in church and not be saved. Do you have a relationship with Jesus this morning? Is he more than life to you this morning or is he just a name? Is he just a fiction? Is he just a figure? Is he just a thought in your imagination? Is he Lord? Is he Lord? Is he more than life this morning? If he's not, make him Lord today. Don't wait till you're sitting in a, laying in a coffin dead when you can't do it anymore. Don't wait until you've made 10 bad decisions and backslidden and, and gone through all kinds of pain and caused your family pain. And Don't do that. Do it now. That's why the Bible says today is the acceptable day. Today is the day of salvation. If you're here this morning, his heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and you've never made Jesus Lord, never recognized him as King and Master and Savior, do it today. Don't wait. Don't wait. Say, Pastor, would you pray with me this morning? I need to do it now. Just stick your hand up and put it right back down. Don't wait. That's me. All over this place, I'm not ready. I'm not saved. I'm not born again. I don't know where I'm going to spend eternity. That's the urgency we have to have every day of our lives. We need to rededicate our, our, ourselves every day of our lives to the Lord. We need to kindle that fire. Timothy said, I stir up the gift that's in me. Stir it up. Coming to church like you did today is a great way to do that. Stir it up. Get around other people. But as I close this morning, we begin to pray and open up this altar. God's looking for some igniters in this place. God's looking for some people who don't wait to be told to do something for God. That don't wait until people are too far gone to go minister. That don't wait until someone tells them to go visit. They just go. They just listen to what the Holy Spirit, they see a need and meet it. That's what God's looking for. Some people who will see a need and meet it. Sometimes that need is just telling someone that you love them. Sometimes that need is just telling somebody, hey, you're doing a good job. Hey, I appreciate you. Telling your mom and dad, I love you. Telling your family members, I, I love you. I thank God for you. Telling God, God, I thank God for you. I thank you that you're a real Savior, that you, that you died for me when I wasn't will, worthy to be died for. Thank you. Keep that fresh in your spirit. As we stand this morning, we're going to open up these altars for a few minutes. I believe the Holy Spirit has spoken to us. 
And I don't even believe he's spoken to some of us. I believe he's spoken to all of us. In some area of our life, they're going to begin to sing this song. And as they do, the altar is open all across this place.